Hey, Chris. Hey, Bill. Guess what? What, man? This is the 40th Lockdown Golf Podcast. We made it. We did it. it. And it's just as ridiculous as it was on day one. That's right. Anyway, we're going to reflect on that on today's show. We're going to talk about where we where we've been, where we think we're going to go, and really <laughs> pretend like this is a bigger accomplishment than it really is. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about our favorite reoccurring guest who's not actually never been on the show, but a mainstay of the Lockdown Golf Podcast, short game instructor Andy Gorman out of Birmingham, UK. How he saved Bill, Bill's life. Quite, Be- quite very dramatic. <laughs> very dramatic. Uh, he's a miracle worker, a soothsayer, as they say. I don't know if they say that. And then uh, I don't know if you know this, but I played some golf today. Actually, I do know you know this, but I played some golf today. And uh, we're going to talk about it. And then, yes. more importantly, we have both played some golf since we've been allowed to golf in Illinois again. And I think we both have some pretty strong thoughts about what things that we might want to keep around post going back to normal. I guess we'll see, won't we? Should we start the show? Do you, Hey, do you have that fancy new introduction ready? It's ready. You should use that one. Okay. I right, start the show. So who are you? I'm Bill Bush. Some bad news. So who are you? I'm Chris McEwen. They're infected. Infected! Okay, Chris. It's 40th episode of the Lockdown Golf Podcast. Gotta tell ya. I'm not saying I didn't think this day would come, but when we said it would come, it was more in a joking, laughing matter of how ridiculous <laughs> this is going to be instead of it is very much a real thing and just part of our reality. And frankly, I'm surprised it's just it's just now 40. Like we <laughs> when so did we do 40 a, a long like- time ago? I don't, I don't, well, it's been more than 40 days, but we've, we've done 40 shows, but I don't think either one of us really thought it all the way through. Like, yeah, we could be doing these, you know, 40 days from now still. And, and it true, doesn't look like it's going to be ending anytime soon. In true us fashion. No, I did. So I definitely thought this through and way overthought it more than you do yeah i was you're just like hey you want to do a podcast every day during this like okay (laughs) i think we did it well no that part i didn't think through it was as it became a thing and we were on like man we're doing five days of this it's going okay right oh man it's gonna be hilarious we do like a hundred of these like like i don't I think we both fully expected to be doing 50 shows or so but when it was like show nine this was very much an easier said than done thing. Right. And as I think we started, I don't think the twenties were too bad, but maybe we started to feel, but when it's like when we got into the thirties, it's kind of like, whew. <laughs> I mean, the number is not the surprising part. It's the, what is this really going to feel like? And I think even if we were doing this weekly, 
uh, every other day, twice a week, whatever. But as you've pointed out numerous times, twice a day <laughs> or ooh, twice a day, twice a week day, you know what I'm trying to say. Every single day, not counting the weekends. That's a that's a lot of work. <laughs> like when what's we, funny now though is that it's become such a way of life for us. Like on Friday, I just kind of like I'll walk into the stew and just just like stare at the microphone, like, "Hey, Bill," and then I'll just walk out and I don't answer back. <laughs> Except the problem is you get a text from me and I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> like you had your mic on too? I'm like, "Yeah, I did." <laughs> no, you so do you up. remember do you remember episode one 40 no. 40 days ago no on a, on a 40 on a, business uh, days ago it was yeah it was march 14th we did a weird well actually it was march 13th it was friday the 13th when we recorded our first episode yeah but we did a we did a weird thing we released it on a saturday the first episode actually came out <laughs> because we get fourteenth. We, well one because we thought, yeah, we're only going to do a few of these, so might as well get it rolling now. <laughs> yeah, let's just release it right away. I think that was also from margin of, well, no. I mean, because again, we're big production guys. We know, and we know the biz. We, <laughs> we had to get it out as soon as possible so it get listed in all the podcast places. That's exactly why we did that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And uh, then, then it gave us all weekend to obsess about it. Right. And then I think we opened the show like I think the first words I spoke on the show was everything is broken. <laughs> that sounds right. I do remember you saying that. Yeah. It is weird though. I mean, again, it's been more than 40 days, but if you were to tell me like what happened, what'd you do in the beginning of last month on a normal time? I'd be like, yeah, here are some highlights. I I don't you feel like, I mean, it's recorded and I I was there when we did it. I listened to it. I, I don't remember episode one. I do remember, like, the only thing I really remember is comfortably into the, into the quantity of shows being like, okay, I need to have a better attitude and turn things around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you stayed pretty dark for longer than I did. I was trying to... Uh trying to be positive about the, the whole thing. I think it as, accurately part of it was staying authentic. Part of the goal of this is to capture to capture this moment in time, like as we've said. Right. And I wanted to be authentic about like, hey, look, I am in a weird place mentally and I don't love this. And I I'm I wouldn't tell you I'm perfect now, but I definitely am a lot a lot sturdier on my feet now than I was in the beginning of this thing. But it was like, even still, I don't want to be further doom and gloom as we're all figuring out what this new world looks like. So I need to do something different. And between figuring out what the new world looks like and coming to that realization that, I mean, that's really all I remember in the beginning and then yeah. getting some funny comments from some of our associates across the the golf world and uh my favorite was hey do you want some feedback you didn't ask for about your podcast <laughs> i go sure what's up your uh your image 
your picture for the podcast is entirely too scary and uh, sort of makes me question what I'm getting myself into every time I download. I go, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's what we're going for. Same. Right. Yeah. But yeah, 40, uh, 40 shows. Here yeah. we are. Do you remember? And again, like you, you said, funny, I, do you remember? Do you remember day six? It was our first guest. The first guest was that Brandon from True Linkswear. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And on on day seven was your, uh, I think, was your like mental breakdown. <laughs> you had you just had enough of the whole thing. Is you it terrible? I'm, is it terrible? Nobody, I'm going. Nobody, you'll have to be more specific. I'm not sure which one that is. <laughs> Well, the the uh, the episode notes was um, it's the second Monday of lockdown. Chris is still holding it together. Bill has a few rants in him. <laughs> so yeah, not not a lot has changed per se. I think maybe the rants have been off mic. Oh yeah, but, yeah, for sure. And I would say, um, if I remember the rant, because I think about it every now and then, that rant episode uh and it, uh, there the tone was very much like i don't think he's joking right <laughs> this right. is pretty authentic and he, he's doing some a little a little bit of soul pouring here and it's uh whew, sheesh it's a thing yeah and i think it was shortly after that when i'm like you know what i gotta be a little more upbeat on this damn show yeah i think around day like it was quick it was right after that, like day 10 or so uh, maybe day 11 when you're like, okay. This is going to sound a little douchey. Day 12. Day 12. Bill comes to terms with the immediate future. <laughs> I love it. It's like, let me pull the episode list up and the notes yeah, are in a way. The like, notes. They're frighteningly dead on. Um, not to be not to be douchey and deep. I feel like that's aside from a couple episodes, that's not our brand. Um, but I will tell you and I think it is episode eight now or day eight episodes are YouTube days are the podcast. Right, right. Um, I do remember though, being, if it is the one I'm thinking of kind of proud of that, that episode. Cause I didn't, I mean, I didn't sound, I felt like I remembered not sounding like just whining, but sort of like, no, I have some, some, thoughts that are are pretty well constructed and I'm being pretty sincere of where I'm at and I'm painting an accurate picture that I think people can relate to and understand and it was a very authentic raw podcast yeah so I remember being like I'm glad I did it I'm proud of it and I feel so stupid saying I'm proud of any of this stuff um I feel vain saying stuff like that, but I was, <laughs> but I also was like, I'm glad I did it. It's recorded. It's in the archive in which we started this thing for in the first place. I'm not going to try to, I'm going to try not to do that too often. That was the <laughs> other reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've done fairly, fairly well since we've gotten in some good, uh, I think we've gotten into some good golf debates that have heated some similar passion but uh yeah you know it's been it's been a lot more positive once the come i think the episode 12 coming to terms and uh 
just trying to be an outlet for people to hang out, maybe drink too many bourbons while they're listening to us talk like a bunch of idiots like you would if you were having a drink with us at the bar, which is what you should be doing. Right. We'd like to be doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, while we've been doing this, they uh, under the original lockdown, golf courses were open in Illinois, remember? And then they closed them. And then we Two thought days. maybe they were going to be open and then they closed them. Like it was kind of a mess. We talked uh, about you, you ordered me and bought me some, uh, some vintage clubs during yeah. this uh, experiment. Thinking like, oh, okay, it's only going to be a little bit. We'll be back out on the golf courses. Well, 40 right. podcasts right. later, they're still here. Right. Speaking of, did you what, did you ever look at those woods that go with that set that I sent you? Oh, I haven't looked at those. No, I totally forgot about those. You're a weird bird, McEwen. I need to do that. I'd be like, you know what? I better buy both of these links you sent me. I just, I that's what I need to do. Yeah, I need to jump on those. I totally forgot about that. Ah. And you need, I've decided to, you don't have a bag. If you get those woods, you got to get like, there are. No, that's for sure. There are two two very specific McGregor bags that you have to own. I'll, don't worry. I'll do the searching. I'll find them for you. Great. You just have to buy them. But. All right, fine. I'm like, if you have all that, that McGregor setup, you got to go there. You have to go the whole way and get the right bags. You have to. No choice. Okay. Good. Glad I don't know if I'm going to get both. I don't need both bags. I'm not, I don't have the space for that, man. Right now I've well, got three no, bags. No, 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 my no. Car. no. One or the other of these McGregor bags. Oh, not okay, both. Great. Yeah, no, there's, there's like two very specific old McGregor bags. You have to have one or the other. If you're for, uh, you're going to have to, you have to, you can't have right. anything else. Send them Not to me, and I them. promise I won't forget to buy one. Well, I'm, in a, I'm in a buying spree anyways. I just put an order in for alcohol, and we just did our Instacart gro- grocery shopping, and I bought two more jars for my starters because my starter jar is becoming unmanageable. So Unwieldy? Un- it, it really is. It's It's a mess. And I can't do it anymore. I can't work under those sorts of conditions anymore. And we don't want you to have to. We don't want you to have to. I did see you post uh, one of your breads the other day, and you're like, looks, looks, uh, or whatever, tastes great. And I was like, God, you're such a dork. Oh, it, it was so good. I didn't say it tastes great. I said, I said, not terrible, but pretty good, because the outside of it was perfect. The inside of it wasn't quite as airy as I would have liked, but- we mounted. It's gone. I thought was, everything. That everything was a bread just, from yesterday. Everything it's just gone. looked fine. I don't, well, yeah, this, this is, is a layman. We are. That's how I am a layman. <laughs> uh, did I did I tell you yet that there is a, a new baked thing in town with all this bread talk we've been doing? No. Got hand delivered two days ago, I think. Maybe it was yesterday. Some banana cake. Frosted. Banana cake, huh? It's a banana cake. And oh my God, it is delightful. My mom made it. She was out. She wandered over the social distance talk with the kids today. And I'm like, Mom, that banana bread is really good. But I have a proposal for you. What you should do. Follow me here. 
So what you should do next is like make two loaves of banana bread, frost them together like a cake, like two cake layers, and then frost the top of the banana bread. She's like, I, uh, I guess I could. No, I got a different idea. Make a bowl of that frosting to do that and then don't put it on anything and just bring me the bowl. <laughs> and I'll decide what to do with it. And by I'll decide what to do with it, I'll eat it with a spoon. Yeah, right. Right. But yeah. I'll put but my anyway, face in it. Banana cake was so good. All right. We've talked 40th episode. Do you have any other final thoughts you want to add or are you ready to move on to the good stuff? If I may, William. Do it. I just want to say that this has been fun and I'm glad that we've become genuine friends through it. I thought we were genuine friends before, but. No, we're I'll... much more genuine friends than we were when it started. From day one to day 40. Come on, man. Oh, deeper genuine friends for yes. sure. I mean, I could get all existential about that right now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> all right, already, I already Let's, did it once. We are that's all I wanted to say. I pre And I am happy as well. It has been a pleasure growing more genuiner with you. <laughs> and uh, check your AP, your AP book. That's that's accurately stated what I just said. That's <laughs> that's English. Uh, but yeah, it has been fun. And it's I can't wait to like. Obviously, it's going to be funny when we do this again at episode 50, which is a more significant milestone. Um, oh, well, something to talk about. It fills we'll another do it again. It fills we'll another day. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, we got to fill space somehow, guys. So that's how we're going to do it. Um, but 40 shows from now, we're like, do you remember the 40th episode reflection conversation? And um, well, I'll be like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, remember we talked about being like more genuine or friends uh i can't wait till i don't have to talk to you every day and i don't mean that as personal <laughs> as it sounds it's, I, it's like we talk every day right. i talk to you right. at this point i feel like more than my family and it's just because we said this podcast was a good idea now how my us. wife starts every morning with me he's like so how's bill doing what'd you guys talk about oh because <laughs> she goes to bed at like 7 30 she's probably yeah. well here's what's happening she's somebody's putting her to bed the same time I'm putting my son to bed and has to lay on the floor until she yeah. falls asleep. And then it's not, get it's not that much different. I, I tuck her in every night. I get the TV ready, make sure the dog's comfortable in bed. Right. And then I, I go and make myself a drink and come into the store. <laughs> <laughs> That's every night. <laughs> there's something, there's some content to be made around this and I just can't figure it out. Maybe post coronavirus. uh, social distancing we can make a video I, uh, yeah i was gonna say i should do a, a podcast prep video and just show like comp you your your preparation versus my preparation when i like have to get my wife's weighted blanket set up properly <laughs> i don't feel like get, you're joking get Netflix i feel going. like i feel like you really do do all this stuff that's a real i'm that's really happening in this house don't tell her you talked about this. Don't tell her <laughs> that part. Care. But yeah, we do need to make that video. All right, let's move on. Can I talk about Andy Gorman? Uh, yes, uh, let's talk about Andy Gorman. Recurring theme on this show. It's fitting for a, for a, an episode like this. It is. Yeah. Repeat, not really a guest, but may as well be. Maybe one day. Uh, Andy Gorman. Star of the star of the lockdown golf podcast without being on it himself. Um, 
So for those that haven't listened before, don't know, Andy Gorman is a short game specialist golf coach based out of the Birmingham, England area, or as you might say, Birmingham, UK. And I want to point out, I'm not pronouncing the H. It's not like Birmingham, Alabama. It's very English of me to do so. Anyway, he's continuing to do his Monday, Wednesday, Friday Instagram lessons from his home, as he says, from my home to yours. And they've been great. I tune in almost to almost all of them. Well, now I think I mentioned on here that it was he he's like, I didn't think this was going to be such an effort. It takes a ton of time. It's a lot of work. I enjoy it, but it, you know, it's it's a thing. It's a commitment. I go, oh, try the lockdown golf podcast. I know. Yeah. And uh, side note, his sounds way more complicated and difficult than ours. Anyway, um, well, now he's expanded it to he's doing. I want to say, what is it? Eight to nine. Yeah, and then nine thirty Chicago time, so three thirty his time. He's doing. A Facebook Live version of this show. Wow. And it's interesting because I started. So he just started the Facebook one and it gets him a different audience, right? It's different people. Yeah. And I, I, too, I think he's done it maybe three of those shows now. I don't know. I tuned in though yesterday to the Facebook show. And what's fascinating about it, it's, it, it is different people, a couple of the same people from Instagram, but you realize how much of a community and a following he's put together on this Instagram stream, you know, all the, like all the people from the, from the Instagram show that come over and watch it on Facebook, then all kind of have their inside jokes related to previous episodes and the interactions, you know, which is all, I could see it being kind of annoying. So it's, but it's not too bad. And then, he's starting the journey almost from the beginning with this audience. So it's, it's all the questions are just so different and like things, quote unquote, we were all asking on Instagram weeks ago. And it's, you know, it's funny watching it start from scratch. Like, Oh my God, this is, he, he built something on this Instagram thing and this is how it happened. And you're seeing like the same process play out on Facebook. Sure. And so you're you're kind of like, I already know all this stuff, okay? Right, You've already shown right. me this. And you're like, well, yeah, but this is it's different people and they're asking about it still. Um But I got I gotta tell you, it is fascinating to me. Just fascinating watching this. I mean, I don't know how else to put it other than he's built a small community of Andy Gorman followers. And people, everyone's just sucking it up. They love it. That's awesome. Myself included. And uh, yeah. God bless this guy. He will plug drivingrangeheroes.com and our, in this podcast. And he, I don't think he, he, cause you don't have a direct relationship with him, but he'll be like, oh, yeah. and he does it with his mate and it's, it's good yeah. fun. And I believe he, the English term, like phrase he used, he goes, it's great. They just, uh, it's, they chat shit about golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do chat. That's shit. awesome. But I uh, plugs it, and I I I, I sent him a message. Like, hey, man, I if you need me to like not ask questions or not comment or participate, I, I tone it down. And you don't. I appreciate all the plugs. Like, don't, don't you don't have to plug me. I'm just there as 
as a fan, right. as a guest or whatever. Right. It's like, no, no, we're all in this together. I'm happy to do so. It's easy. And if it helps you guys, he's like, no problem. I mean, and he, I mean, he'll go on like two minute talks about, about the website and the podcast and the YouTube show. And that's and awesome. Like, man, what a good dude. But yeah. part two of the Andy Gorman discussion, Chris, this guy's a goddamn miracle worker. <laughs> yeah. Been working on this wedge game with him now. Who since January. And uh, he's given me some good, some good tips. I've, I've covered my progress on here, but up until now, other than playing on the ice and snow and some grass with you yeah. and J Riv, um, I I'm like, okay, great. I'm comfortable hitting balls off of a mat at a, at a dome or into a net. I don't really have that sense of what reality is and what it'll be like on grass. I'm going to touch on a subject we're going to talk about shortly, but I finally got out on some grass with it. And I won't tell you I'm 100% cured and a great wedge player now, but I have basics I can fall back on. I mean, I still have a severe confidence issue on grass because I've been hitting on mats. I got to develop it on grass. But it, it's like, oh, my God, this guy, right, uh, teach teach a man to fish kind of a thing. He's taught yeah, me to yeah. fish. Now I just got to keep working on reeling him in. And uh, it, I'm t- so I got out on some grass. I don't have a great sense of this is – when I do this, it's going to come off the face like this. When I do this, it's going to go this trajectory or this far. I don't have that yet, but I'm not hitting. I didn't hit any. I hit a few a little low on the face. So they came in pretty hot, but I didn't hit anything fat. And I probably hit in a whole round. I hit maybe seven, four to seven shots that saved me strokes with wedges and everything was crisp. Now, again, I wasn't sticking them two inches from the pin every time. It wasn't like that, but I could hit a wedge again. I could hit a serviceable wedge that got from point A to point B in a manageable way. So I couldn't do that for seven years, seven and a half years, something like that. Miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. That's that's pretty amazing. And I, that is that's pretty impressive. Now, as we will talk about a little bit when we get to the, the next topic, but the other thing it does, I was rusty. Haven't you know, I haven't hit club outdoors in real conditions yet this year. Haven't been hitting anything full swing in driving range, you know, at a driving range, anything like that. I have no idea what I'm doing, where it's going. That happens when I was good at, you know, when I was really good at this game, I could, I could like just bunt a six iron around and still shoot two over, right? Just get up and down and cute little shots to save my life with the short game. Well, when that's been gone for seven years, you're screwed. And so when you get into rounds like that, I mean, it is and it, now that I've been on this other side of it, that's a suffocating feeling. I mean, it's like you're dead where you stand and now you're just uh, you're hopefully playing a course that's enjoyable scenery or maybe has some golf history to suck in. <laughs> right. 
But you're like, I have no idea where the ball is going to go. I'm, I've am i been punching out from under trees all day, and I can't hit a 30-yard shot into a green to save my life and give myself a shot at par. Where now, it's like, well, I can keep the ball in play. And then, oh, I've gotten up and down successfully a few times. Oh, I've hit a good wedge shot close, close enough to give me a shot at birdie on a par five. This is great. It honestly felt like someone just was sitting on my chest for seven years and all of a sudden now I can breathe again. And to be that dramatic about it feels weird, but it's true. I mean, it. I don't want to say it's like a whole different game from, uh, well, yeah, no shit. You can you can score better and you can hit right. do different things. Yeah, obviously. But it changes the whole it's perspective an, it's a, and experience. It's a whole different experience. Yeah. I'm like, oh. This is what it's like to not feel claustrophobic on a golf course because you can't contain anything like. Yeah. Like now there's a great sense of survival and not just like panic every time you you aren't on a green on your approach shot. So. Right. Right. Andy Gorman performing miracles. from (laughs) Birmingham, UK. So with that said. Hey, I played golf today. I know the weather rallied for you. Beautiful outside. Woke up at four forty-five for a five thirty tea time. I want to. I want to say we talked about a big concern that my wife pointed out as having to poop in a clubhouse that you can't go into. (laughs) And I'm not kidding you. She's like, all day yesterday. She goes, just promise me you don't go in the clubhouse. I'm like, it's not an option. She's like, what do you have to poop? I'm like, I don't know. I'll have to come home. I don't know what to tell you. And right, like last night we're going to bed. She's like, "Don't go poop in the clubhouse." I'm like, I. Kn-. <laughs> so now that's in my head, and I'm like waking up, going, "Well, it's 4:45. I got to be there 5:30." I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh god, sneak peek wasn't a problem, but <laughs> you're like, that is what is floating through my head this morning at 4:45. The second thing I moved on to as soon as I got up was check the temperature outside and saw it was 45 degrees. I go, all right, they won't have frost. And uh, we're only going to go up from here. This is plenty playable. So one of the rules is you can't get there any, you can't approach really. You can't basically, you can't be there until 15 minutes before your tea time. Right. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm moving along at time. I get my stuff. I forgot a towel, which was, very stupid. That was a problem today. But uh, I load up the car, grab a couple, you know, like uh, breakfast bars out of the cabinet and throw them in. These will hold me over. And some caffeine in my water and I'm on my way. I end up pulling in. I Usually I'm not, I'm rarely, I'm not rushing with a push cart usually. I'm like, oh, I have to get that thing unfolded and I... It's, you know, it's like solving a Rubik's Cube every time, no matter how easy they make them. <laughs> right. And uh, so I have to get the push cart out, get set up, get my shoes on. And, oh, of course, they're tied from whenever I slipped them off, you know, a year and a half ago when I last wore them. Okay, great. Get my shoes tied. So I'm like, all right. I get up to the tee box, or I should say to the first hole at 530 on the dot. And thankfully, the guy is one of the guys who's been a pro there forever he recognizes me and he's like hey the guy on the tee you were actually supposed to go off with him it's like but you can just let him go and then he's like just as soon as he clears make sure you hit 
said, okay, yeah, sure. No problem. He goes, and you can play by yourself. That's fine. All right, cool. So as soon as I get on the tee, I mean, this kid, when I say kid, I bet you he was, who knows, college. He, he was in his 20s and probably on the the southern end of him. You know, he mm-hmm. he he was young. He was booking. And I guarantee you it was, I want to play by myself if I have the chance. I don't want to get paired up with somebody. And I don't think sure. it was coronavirus worry. I think it was most likely just a kid rather play by himself than with a stranger. I get it. And I'm fine yep. with it. So he takes off. I wait till he clears. I hit a typical 535 in the morning. Um, not stretched. Getting old. <laughs> You know, serviceable tee shot. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. Distance, middle of the fairway, but it got there in an ugly fashion, but it still did. Again, to my point earlier about bunting the ball around. Um, but I am playing for the middle of the fairway. Should have a wide open approach here. And then when I had to hit 129 yard pitching wedge, it felt like, uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, it's going to take a while for me to be able to like keep my head down and stay, maintain your spine know, angle, right? if you will. Oh, geez. Yeah. But this kid from that, I mean, I would say by the time I got to the uh, seventh, eighth hole, had four holes in between us. Just wow. flying. God, yeah. And I wasn't lollygagging. I'm like, I could I have I could have pushed harder and finished faster than I did. I still finished just under three hours. So wow. this kid was hauling and it was awesome. Yeah. So I ended up playing by myself. And uh, the key in this was, though, I started literally under moonlight. Was the sun rising? Sure. But by yeah. the time I got to the tee and your trees and stuff, it wasn't like, oh, it's it's daylight. It, right. No, I was on. You saw the picture. It was a full moon right in the shot. Right. So that was neat. Um, and the other thing I noticed, and I, I'd be curious if you guys noticed this, and I think you would out where you guys played, but it was almost eerie being there and for two reasons. One, we've been so drilled with shelter in place, wear your masks, sanitize this sanitize that i had you know a little thing hand sanitizer in my in my push cart um it's almost like you're entering a biodome or something when you get into the golf course you punched a hole into this like protective bubble where once you kind of it it was early so there wasn't there weren't crowds it was me the the guy playing the maintenance crew out on the course and uh, the pro at the starting hut, right? Mm-hmm. Start starter hut. I meant to say I said starter anyway. <laughs> so, but you like you get kind of any through any uh, interaction with people, and you like you take your mask off, mask off, and you're like, I'm I'm in an out out of the bubble public place, even if yeah. it's a private club. Same thing, like you're with members of the public, and. I I'm not supposed to be doing this. Like I'm this is this is a weird haven to be in. And I know people are saying, like, that's the point of this. It is to escape all this. It is a haven for us to feel normal again. Like, yeah, that's obvious, but 
the actual feeling of like you punched through a safety bubble and you're inside of it now. And that way was kind of eerie. Yeah, for sure. This, it, it probably took a couple holes for me to just like actually relax, you know, and to like be present because that's kind of, that's kind of, that is kind of what it felt like. Like, even though this is the same golf course I've played for the last 30 years of my life, it didn't feel like the same golf course I played for the last 30 years. I mean, there's some actual real reasons for this too, but it's, it was surreal and yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's not a, it's almost like not even as dramatic as I'm making it sound. It's just such a different feeling of, I, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. You're in a bubble. You are in right. a bubble where right. you know, like you leave your house, your house you can't breathe oxygen. You get into this place, you can take your respirator off and live, live normally. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Then it was also super quiet. And by that, I mean, yeah, there were a lot because it was early in the day. They're mowing the, mowing the course and it's Thursday. So they're preparing for the weekend, but they're doing their maintenance. You hear that stuff, but you don't have all the people, Yelling, uh, I'm guessing because it's early in the day and I was out front, but you don't hear golf carts screeching around. You don't hear yeah. music blaring. You There isn't like a small murmur coming from the driving range or the like patio of the clubhouse. I mean, it's just quiet to the point where, you know, you don't. You're, you can really hear all the outside noise from beyond the gates, so to speak. But that outside noise is also quieter because people just aren't out and about going to restaurants, gas stations, Walgreens, whatever as much. So the traffic yeah. outside of it is very defined. And it was just a weird, not quite like 9-11 don't leave your house those first couple days. Everything shut down. Not that quiet with no planes in the sky kind of a thing, but eerily quiet out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and just the fact that like when we were out there and we, we were out early, I mean, you just, you don't see any, I mean, it's a golf course. You don't hear anyone. You don't see anyone. It's like, a. it's so different. So here's, so different. Here's the other part of that. So different. So eerie. Now I'm gonna pull this card on you. You might not know any better because you have, you started playing in 2010, but prior to 2010, you could expect though. I don't know. And I don't mean this. It's going to sound like I'm busting chops here, but I'm not you and Jerev based on some of the courses you pick may run into this um, a little more often. But when I was a kid, through, you know, again, like roughly 2010, you could go to this course and hit the right pocket and play your rounds in three, three and a half hours. You could get on at 5 p.m. with a twilight rate and finish in two hours. I mean, hmm. you you could go out and not be suffocated by the groups around you. Yeah. And I got to tell you. Every time I've played, I feel like I've played since 2010, there's just so much pressure to hurry up and wait. 
Like, oh, sure. pace of play, pace of play. I'm like, yeah, pace sure. of play means I'm on someone's ass in front of me the whole time and I'm still waiting to hit all my shots. Or I have somebody, as I'm like at a normal pace, I have three groups up my ass who are playing in a two-some, a three-some, a single. You know, it's just all over the place. You're right. The way this two-sums every 15 minutes is setting up, and I, I agree, I get it. I'm not saying this is what what the new normal should be and this is how it has to operate moving forward. But the, this pace is like it immediately triggered something to go. This is how it used to feel. You could Hmm. come out, get into a good pace of play. And I don't mean like, Oh, you're this far behind the group in front of you. I mean, it like time between hitting your shots, your routine hit, move, hit, move. And having that breathing room and it used to be like that all the time. It's not like the game has just shifted so much. And I think part of that is there's some courses they're sending foursomes off every five minutes. Yeah. And that's part of the, place- that's part of the uh, discussion I wanted to have now that you've played is, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit, like what would you like to carry over? I want to go on. Let's make that our next topic. Okay. To wrap this, the bow on this thing. So I like the pace, but I don't think it's sustainable for financial reasons, but I, you know, the, the current way golf is being played on courses and I'm talking private courses too, which I'm happy to expound upon. Um, The way golf is played now and the culture of getting around a golf course it, it it's not right. Something has changed for the worst over the past decade. And it's not just pace of play. It's, it is a culture shift and it's just different now. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot what this feels like. And I'm not talking about, there've been plenty of other times I've gotten off by myself at like seven 30 in the morning and have played quick, but there's still other people out there. There's still the big waves of, well, you're fine now, but if you slip up in the least bit, you're going to have, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been at like Dubs Dread at Cog Hill where they used to play the, for those listening, where they used to play the BMW FedEx event. And before that, the Western Open for a bunch of years, Tigers won there a zillion times. Um, it's expensive. It's tough. They don't get a ton of traffic on it for that reason. And I've looked at the tee sheet. I'm like, there's no one off for two hours after me. And the people off before me were like an hour before. I have nothing but time and I'm not slowing anything up. Yet I'm still getting yelled at by a ranger. It's like, well, you're pace and you should be. And I'm like, there's no reason for this. Go away. Mm-hmm. I paid my $746 at this course cost. Right. Just let me play it and go away. If I'm really a problem, yeah, okay, go ahead, manage it. But it's just something's been lost in golf, and it's not just oh, there's too many people taking too long. Like that's not that's not it. That's part of it. That's not it. Yeah. I I don't know what it is. Not there yet. But this made me realize something's been lost. Um. Anyway, moving on from that. Quick point. I did not play great, but I would say I survived and ended up scoring pretty well. You wouldn't think so by how like, I mean, I was, I was literally just 
corralling the ball within the boundaries and recovering, getting up and down, hitting some good shots when I needed them, putting pretty well. And again, just having those wedges back. And we may be narrowing in on the driver in the bag this season. Okay. And I'm pretty excited about, but I won't go into that now. Last but not least, I have to tell you, I'm very proud of my local golf course, the Village Links of Glen Ellen. I rag on them a lot for how they operate, how they maintain it. They always say it's a shame because it's a tremendous layout. It can play very difficult. It can play very golfer friendly, but they don't, they historically do not take care of it well. I don't think they manage the players well. I've, I've had a lot of criticisms, but yeah. they were managing the rules. Great. Everything was by the book and you didn't feel like you were getting punished for it. As I've heard other people complain, like I felt like I was said, Hey, these are the rules we have to follow. Here's a positive golfing experience. And I appreciated that. And I think they did a really good job and deserve to be commended with it. For those wondering, they went with the, pool noodle method for the holes. I was curious about that too, what they went with. Did pool noodle. Um, But most importantly, now a lot of sand from top dressing around still, but it didn't impact anything. I just want to be clear. It didn't impact anything. You just would get some dirty wedges, putters, golf balls that had a lot of sand on them. And um, the grass clippings on fairways, Greens were nice and fresh, kind of thick because they were still wet. I'm not mad at that. It's just sort of the nature of this time of year and being there the day they're mowing. All this said, I have never seen this course play as well as it was playing and as consistent. It's hard to say in good of shape. It's still early, but like no, I mean, they're not getting the traffic, but no major damage. Some of the greens, the golf for as few golfers that are playing there should be in better shouldn't be as uh moon cratered from ball marks like go fix a ball mark guys fix a ball mark but the course was in excellent shape hasn't played better in over a decade they've done a tremendous job with it so i just want to say i'm proud of them and i'm very happy with what they've done so anyway that was my 25 minute retrospect on my round today, <laughs> but I feel like it was, a, it was a good handful of good points to make about what the golf experience is like in this post quarantine shelter in place lockdown world. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was good, man. I'm with you. I'm with you. All these people who are complaining about it. I get it from a financial point. If you're at a golf course, but I still believe bringing in some revenue versus no revenue. I think uh, I think one of the points I've heard you make, and I'm just going to say you, leave it to you to discuss where it came from, is what's the difference if we lose a million dollars this year and $900,000 this year? It's like, let's do, <laughs> let's do the right thing, but it's still better than nothing where you're paying people to take care of your golf course, paying your taxes and your other bills. And having zero revenue, but, uh, from a golfer, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. It's great. 
it's it's legitimately great. That I think my biggest um, carryover I'd like to see is the tee times stretched. Yeah, golf courses. Either and you know I'll go, you know, and I'm I'm willing to. I get like you have to you have to figure out the costs, but if you could do foursomes every 15 minutes and just up the the green fees or you know, I, I played foursomes every 10 minutes and you still can get some backup there. But, um, but yeah, this, just the space is, it's really interesting how you talk about what's changed. I, I've experienced that a little bit. Um, we, we usually, when I go to Arizona, we play in July and August. So we have space, like there's nobody out there, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I have to think about what may have changed if it was an equipment change that made us spray the ball more, but that's not right. I mean, it should, it's not a gear the, thing. The, it's the, a, it's a yeah, culture the new thing. equipment should be help should be helping that. But I don't know if it's just a culture change, a culture shift or, or, or what, but, um, but yeah, I've, I really enjoyed the space that was provided. Um, I enjoyed the prepay and just like going and playing golf you know, just go straight to basically the first tee from your car. You don't have to deal with any of the, you have to go in the clubhouse. You don't have to. Do you do know what though? I, I like that too. And even my guy was like, Hey, did you just, you did the pay online thing. Right. And I go, yeah. And he's like, how was that for you? And he goes, was it easy enough? What was the experience like? Cause I don't, you know, it's new this season and obviously they haven't really yeah. got much use out of it. I'm sure a lot of people are like, I'd rather just do it the old way. And I'm like, uh, it was a little goofy, but you know, I figured it out. It goes, yeah, but next, like, so next time though, you'd have no problems. I go, yeah, I, I know it's expected be a breeze. Um, that said, well, doing it that way, you don't see that hat. You're like, you know what? I need that hat or, oh, I forgot. I need some teas. Let me get those teas. Like that's where as much as I like it, I could see. I could see that not sticking around for the same reason, you know, the same reason they put the candy bars by the register at a grocery store. Well, yeah, store. I mean, they, they, to make sales, they need you to go in the clubhouse. But to me, I'm not, I'm not like, like I'm, we're different that way. Like I'm not one of those guys. I mean, we're not, so, how are we di- I'm not that way either. I'm saying that's the way they run their business. I don't, I don't see a hat and think, oh, I think I want that hat. Like I don't do that. I've never bought a hat at a clubhouse ever in my life. Not once. So why are you pinning that at me? I was using it as an example. Don't pin, don't well, pin these I, things I, at me. I'm just <laughs> just saying. Like, anyways, um, let's not let's not argue on our anniversary. Our 40th anniversary. <laughs> Give me some of those naked lady tees, some of those orange balls, and right, all right. Yeah. Um, I also don't know. It'll be interesting depending on how many rounds I get in during this time. It'll be interesting if I just get used to putting with the flag stick in, and I never think twice about it at a certain point, you know, like when it, when all this clear is, I'm just like, ah, you know, if I, I, if I, I pay, mean, if I played, if I played 30 rounds this year with not being allowed to m- remove the flag stick, it's going to become pretty second nature to put with it in. I mean, I, I am totally on a record of saying I, that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Cause I rarely pull and again, not out of like, strategy or function or philosophy i just go it's over there right i'm just gonna go fix my ball market and hit it and frankly i don't think it's making much of a difference either way yeah maybe one percent of the time have i been like 
you know, I think I have a better shot at making this putt without the flag and I'm going to pull it. Otherwise, I'm like, I either don't care or I don't think it's going to make a difference. So, yeah, most of the time I'm going to two putt anyways. So, right. it's fine. I think where it yeah, comes and <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. It's going to be one of those things, though, where it's going to come down to why are they going to continue doing that, though? Because as a as things come back, I read through our governor's five phase plan of reopening. And I'm like, by the time everything's getting back to normal, you're going to be able to touch in so many things and go into so many places that sure that flag six can be the least of your worries, you know? No, that's true. Well, yeah. But if it's, I'll tell you what, think of how many optional at some point, how many times do you see when you play some jokers that have been holding you up all day and, Oh, they forgot to put the flag in and one of them has to run back and do it. Or they like set it down 7,000 feet. And they all finally finish putting and the old buddy's got to walk up the back of the green, get it, bring it back down, put it in. And then takes nine years to do it or jams it and hits the side of the cup. Yeah. yeah. So it has nothing to do with hygiene. It's just, hey, it's nice not having to deal with this. Yeah. So just leave them in there. I'm the same way with uh, rakes, too. We could do away with rakes. So I wrote, I'll be honest, sneak peek. I wrote a blog capturing... uh, some of these thoughts and maybe a little less detail than we discussed on here. And that is the one thing I'm not sure where I land on it long-term. I think it's an absolute now I have zero problem with it. Did it cost me a few theoretically? Did it cost me a few times? Sure. I don't really know what the rule is. I know they say, Oh, you can like, move your ball to a undisturbed area in the bunker. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. But you start getting going on some later in the day. I can do all the, like, am I allowed to smooth out a spot with my foot and then put the ball there? Like what? So I don't, if it's going to be a longer term thing, I think it needs to be uh, a little more of a direct, clear rule. And then if they're never going to put rakes back, I, especially with the way we have the wheel as many rounds through culture, I don't know what their answer is going to be to that, but those bunkers are going to turn into war zones. Potentially. And I but think people you, don't rake them as it is. So. Right. It's yeah. Not like you don't, it's not like you find clean bunkers. But even, but see where the rakes, rakes, all right, you and I are playing and I go, Hey, all right, here's the rule today. You're going to run, you run into like bullshit in the bunkers. Our, our game's rule is you can rake in place or rake and roll or something just to like give yourself a playable spot. So I, I, it's in a way, in a way I'm very much with you. I don't know. It's one of those things like, okay, if this isn't the right, if this isn't acceptable, what, what's a better thing? I don't know that. And I say that in my blog, I'm like, I'm not sure I know the answer to that in a longer term here. Yeah. But I think they need to, it's, that is going to be one of the things that eventually for competitive golf, it's said, I mean, think of the, I like to think it was on PGA tour events where you're going to have like someone stationed at the holes to do the raking for people. Cause oh, like right now, yeah. dude, those guys aren't going to be able to play like that. I, I, as much as I said, so yesterday, I used I'm, to. Not, I'm not playing 200 for a $280,000 check after Sergio throws a tantrum in a, in a bunker and just trashes it and you can't play. 
So I think they got to figure out the bunker thing a little bit, but I'm patient. I don't know the answer. I really don't know what's better. And to this point, for my bullshit golf, I can survive as is, right. no problem. Right. That's my perspective on it. It's like it is not the but, make or break thing for me out of all right. this. <laughs> right. Right. Spend more time fixing the uh, fixing the the ball marks in the green that you would have spent raking a bunker. And um, we'll call it even. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Bunkers are totally a case of like, it doesn't cost you till it costs you. Right. Where sure. I feel like the sure. ball marks on the greens, like, no, they can kill you very quick because they also will make greens unhealthy and ruin right. them. So, totally. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I think the, I think I'm pretty much with you on what I would keep. I will tell you, there is a, it's not even like, I mean, I think if you were to get me to like a cool historic clubhouse, it'd be different. I don't feel like I need to walk. I, I'm missing out not being able to walk through the clubhouse at the village links, but there is a sort of warm and fuzzies thing that comes with, oh, there's people out enjoying lunch or dinner or drinks or something on the patio and oh, there's some buzz in the bar like that. That's a little sad not having it there. Like there's a certain <laughs> there's a certain smell of death in the air when it's just that whole portion of the place is just nothing. But right. Yeah. I mean, I know we have to do that right now for sure. But it's like you can kind of get where people are are unhappy about this and especially at their private clubs with their historic clubhouses. I, I get it. Um, but I still fall under like if I'm going to prioritize it, I would like to be able to allowed to play golf in a safe right. manner than being like, right. oh, I can't go buy a dozen beers in the clubhouse. Right. Me right. and my buddies can't sit there and get blackout drunk after 18 holes and drive home, you know, <laughs> right? But yeah, I yeah. think that I think I'm with you in the spacing. Um, 15 minutes is great. I it's tough because I can see the problem with if we don't, we need to get more rounds through. But then you start having all the stuff I was griping about earlier start factoring in. I think 10 minutes is doable, but then it's like you have to find the polite productive way to manage the players on the course and keep things moving. And nowadays it's one of two things you're going to either get it. It's more often than not one of these two things. You either get people who go, Hey, you're warned. Uh, you guys aren't keeping pace of play. Can you do so? Okay, yeah, you're still not. You have a war official warning now. Next time you're going to be asked to leave, and then they're still doing it. Like you guys are being disruptive, and you still don't have a good pace of play. You're going to have to leave now. I have rights, and I can do whatever I want. I'm paying customer, and this is my First Amendment. And you're like, okay, relax. So I think we'll run into that, or then you run into like the Cog Hills syndrome, where ninety percent of the Rangers are like verbally assaulting you <laughs> because you had, you know, you had the audacity to play on their golf course that day. And that's a surefire. I mean, go. I, I like Coghill. I have no, I, I generally don't have any problems with it, but like go read on the internet 
how many places are like, holy Christ. The Rangers and Marshals at this course are so crabby and unpleasant that I don't ever like I don't need to go back there. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've also had some tremendous ones there. They do exist. I'm not saying everybody, but it's been a common theme there with many people I've spoken with and myself. So I don't know how they manage that, but I I did not hate the pace of play. And it, you know. It didn't feel like so fast. I didn't get to enjoy myself, but it, anyway, I could keep moving and do everything I wanted to do. Um, being able to breathe on the golf course and not have somebody up your ass or running into brick walls was tremendous. Um, frankly, not having because right now it's it's not the weekend hacks. It's too much work. And they're competing with right. those serious golfers who that's the other are, thing. The, the walking rule has really kind of thinned the herd. The so walking, oh, I think it's a walking rule and okay, go try to go try to grab a tee time at a decent course. Sure. It's it's sure. tough because the real golfers, there's only so many, the real golfers are sucking them up. So when you're out and there's, there and there's some economy issues too, right? There is that. But yeah. the, I mean, yes. But yeah, no, but I, the tee times it. aren't the tee times aren't sitting there. Like there's still plenty of them, even with the economy issues getting uh I should say plenty of them booked. So when you're out there, you don't have a bunch of a bunch of clowns on the course acting like idiots. I mean, I'm sure we will see it as people get comfortable. The weather changes. I'm sure it exists. But. I mean, the whole experience is just generally much more pleasant on the golf course. It's true. It's really true. Yeah. But that said, how many courses are going to die because of it? That's another issue. But. Maybe save that that negative rant for another day. Um, yeah, I loved it. I I'm not quite as deep as that all was. I'm not quite like this is my utopia. Blah blah blah. Like I I'm very real about it. It's a it's a fun luxury and opportunity we have to enjoy some fresh air, play a fun game. Um, there are more important things to worry about, but, um, you know, this golf isn't going to define me, but, um, while eerie, it was nice to be in that bubble and do something that isn't your everyday life of taking care of the kids, going down in the basement and working from home all day, going for a walk in the neighborhood, uh, wearing a mask and going to the meat market, right? It's, it's sort of like if the world the world was spinning as it always does, this is what it's like. And uh Right. Yeah, totally. It was great. It was really, really it good. Yes, it's nice. Yeah. And it is in that like, wow, that was that felt really good. Chris, I would love to go do that and share that experience with you. And it's like, yeah, I would too. And J Riv and and Tommy and oh wait. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. It'll just be us. <laughs> I know. And then, you know, you could be you could be there telling jokes and be like, you know who'd really enjoy this right now? J Riv. We should do this with him soon. Oh, we can't. Uh, uh, rules. Sorry. Which then you're like, but I don't want the rules to change. Oh, what a paradox we're in. Yeah, right. All right. Chris, I think this has been a good 40th episode. I think so. It was a, it, it was deep. It was very much a where where are we at in the golf world right now? Uh, who would have thought forty days ago we'd be 
waxing poetic about a round of golf. Who would? Well, we are really, really big golf guys. So it's true. We are big golf guys. And it's, it's, I refer to this blog I put together. And even in the blog, I found myself like every other. I, it's almost like I need to put this big preface in it to go, guys, read this very surface level. Please do not think this is some like deep introspective. And every other sentence, I want to be like, all right. I mean, that sounds deeper than I intended to. <laughs> I'm just trying to like paint a picture for you. It's okay the, to have deep thoughts, man. They okay, even if it's me. about golf, it's okay. Oh, I have, trust me. You know, I when the mics aren't hot, I have plenty of them. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I still finish my round and see. I'm like, man, I'm really tired. I could go for a Red Bull, and hmm, I wonder if I could grab an egg McMuffin at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> like that was probably the biggest, the biggest part of this. Like, God, I almost uh, hey. Credit to me. I caught myself on an F word there. Um, <laughs> like, God, I can't go to McDonald's again and get an egg McMuffin. That's the worst part of the experience. I wanted it. Yeah, I, I really wanted. Usually I'll stop at um, if I don't have a cup of coffee with, with me. Even sometimes when I do, I'll get myself a Dunkin' Donuts. And uh, yeah. You can still that get Dunkin'. A, well, I guess I could still get. I could still do it. But yeah, then I mean, when you, you think could, of it. You could do those things, but that that's not my purpose of being out. There's a hassle of dealing with, do you sanitize a bag or don't you? Did that guy like cough yeah, like, no, something man. on it's, your food? I'm not going to take, yeah, I'm not going to take advantage of the situation or, or expose myself any more than I have to. It's a different story. Do what I want to do here. Right. With the kids, we're home. Like, you know what? Let's go get McDonald's. We'll go get it. We'll bring it home. You can dump it out on plates and sort of manage it. But that was your purpose for going out. It's like, yeah. just look, I forgot my towel today. And I was very focused. I texted you and J-Riv. I go, is it weird that I have butterflies about playing golf tomorrow? And <laughs> you know, like, I was hyper-focused. I'm like, you got to wake up early. You don't have a bunch of time. God forbid if there's a poop issue because the clubhouse is shut, as my wife reminds me. <laughs> have everything ready. And I still forgot my towel. There's enough yeah. going on. I don't need to add in more variables like McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts. Right. Right, right. Now after, but see, that's the sort of the thing, though. It's the same. I, I've finally grown up and thought like that when I'm before all this was happening as an adult. But after the round, it's just going home. Now you can add a variable. Your your purpose for being out has been fulfilled. You can create a new one. But now it's like, no, my purpose for going out is changed. Your purpose for going out is to go play golf, finish that safely, and get home in one piece. Healthy and safely right. without safely without getting it. So right. you can't even go get the post round when you can let your hair down, egg McMuffin. Or I don't know, maybe you want to get an egg McMuffin with sausage or whatever, or a couple hash browns. Just saying. Right. I, 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 I get so it, man. Cool. It's true. It's true. There's not, go there and back. That's there's it. There's not much better of a combination than an egg McMuffin, a hash brown. <laughs> And either a McDonald's Coke or Diet Coke, because you know how they have their weird formula. Yeah. It's not it's not a better combination in life. <laughs> Close together. All of that sounds disgusting to me. Well, you're better than all of us. We know this, okay? <laughs> we know. You have no vices that are not bad for you. Oh, well, that's not true. Yeah, so shut up, okay? I do a ton of heroin. 
<laughs> joking. Not not what I expected. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> On that note, I know you probably got to get your fix. This is not how we should have ended forty. <laughs> hope we don't have to yeah. i hope we we, we can't edit it out it's 40. that's right all right chris happy 40th anniversary i wouldn't want to spend it with anybody but you you too william i feel the same way all right everybody thanks for sticking with us if you have maybe you have and maybe you're new i don't care it's our 40th episode look at us we'll see you in 10 episodes when we basically do this again because it's 50. <laughs> all right i'll talk to you later chris all right man Bye, everyone.